Hello, listeners. This is Stacy again with LSDS, and today we're joined by Joe Fitterer and Terry Peters. Hi. Hi, Stacy. Hey, how's it going, Stacy? Hi. And this is a topic that's kind of a follow-on to the Crisis Response Podcast Terry and I recorded the other week. If you haven't listened to that one, definitely recommend checking that out next. But hang out here first and dig into this topic with us. Today, we're going to talk about threat and vulnerability assessments, which we affectionately cut down to calling those TVAs. But first, Joe, this is your first time on the podcast here with us. Can you give us a little bit of your background and history and your journey to how you got here with LSDS and also ended up here on the podcast? Yeah, absolutely. Four years ago, I actually came into the company working for Terry for another project uh, along the same lines and then actually got more involved with the risk mitigation space. Last summer, taking a couple of courses for threat and vulnerability assessments specifically, as well as courses aimed at OSHA for California and actually the country at large. So it's been a real, real trial by fire, drinking through a fire hose, getting a lot of information, but I'm excited to be here, excited to talk about this topic. Now, this is a very interesting one, and it's it's. I'm excited to get into it a little bit more, and it definitely builds off of the uh, crisis response. It's worth noting here too, Terry mentioned this in the crisis response podcast that we had some Folks call in with some definite acting skills, and Joe was one of those people who definitely impressed with his acting skills and being able to call in and be an actor for a, a crisis response tabletop exercise. <laughs> so Joe's what has many skills here. Today we're going to have him focus on these TVAs and d- dive into this here. Uh, we've got Terry with some backup too with his experience with these. So jumping into these, what are they, and why do we do them? Well, Stacey, a threat and vulnerability assessment, these are comprehensive assessments of nearly every aspect of a safety and security in a specific place, including the actions and behaviors that serve to create an environment for a safe and secure work environment. And that sounds like a lot of jargon, but what it really is, is we're looking at aspects both outside and inside any facility and assessing those for both the company's logistical threats, as well as any of the actual people that work inside the facility, making sure all of those aspects are accounted for and and what would best keep them safe from any sort of outside factors. I think all of us, every time we turn on the news, we realize that there's a lot going on. and, And when we come to work, one of the things we all hope for is that whoever has designed our workspace has thought about safety and security and keeping us safe from any of the many things that could go wrong or threaten us, what our assessments do is really just validate that, right? And, and in 99% of the cases, we make recommendations to leaders on things they can improve to ensure that whoever's there is working in the most safe and secure place possible. And this goes far beyond the walls, but also covers how do people treat each other? How do, how do those things where complaints are filed, how do they get, how do they get action? and so on and so forth, and not just the physical security and safety aspects. Oh, I like that. Okay, so who should consider having one of these conducted? Like, what's the audience for having a TVA done? Well, really, it should be any organization that is focused on providing their team with the safest work 
workplace possible. I think for the amount of time that we have folks spending at any workplace, there's always going to be a lot of time spent there. And so you want to be as safe as possible. It's going to make you more productive and you're not going to have to worry about what's going on in that outside world or within the building itself. Terry, if you got any any thoughts on that, that's where I feel. No, I think I think you're right, Joe. As we continue to do these, we find most of these are done in a structured workplace, a brick and mortar place. But Stacey, I know before we hit record, you asked, do they have to be in a in a business organization? And the answer is no. And we've also done modified assessments for venues where people are going to attend or they're going to be putting on everything from conventions to gatherings to large-scale meetings. And then, of course, we've done these in homes and we've helped each individual understand where are they most vulnerable and where can they be safer. So they, they really are, we can't adjust them and make them work for just about anyone. But if we often speak to leaders on these podcasts, for leaders out there, if you're if you believe there's something more that should be done or you just want to look at what you're doing, then LSTS often gets called to, to do both of those. Oh, I like that a lot. Okay, so organizations, this encompasses workplaces, which is pretty common. Maybe would you say that the majority of folks you've worked with are workplaces or homes? They're workplaces, although we do a lot of homes. Periodically, we'll do places of worship and we'll do a few other places where people are gathered. So it really is this combination of safety and security as well as all of those things that feed into making it a safe and secure workplace. Not only just that those physical things, but also where can mishaps occur? Where is the nearest hospitals and evacuation points? It really does look at a whole aspect of it. So we found ourselves working with a broad range of, of uh, entities that are, that are focused on it. Okay, very cool. And then how do you go about doing these? Like what, what does this all encompass? Well, once once we agree on the scope of the work, our research actually begins there. And this is several weeks before we even have anyone from the team on the ground. And we look at all aspects from the physical environment, including crime trends, weather, natural disasters. We gather a lot of open source intelligence through social media and news. And then this gives us the best possible perspective before we even get on the site of what is the reality on the ground for any of those those hardened brick and mortar structures for an organization, a home, or it could be a, a convention center that, that you're sending an actual group to. It could be any of those things. Once we're on site, it's a meticulous approach broken down into concentrated areas or zones, if you will. And these allow us to work from the outside of the physical structure before we even begin to interact with any of the aspects inside the building, whether that be the entire building is for this organization where it's broken down into different levels or even rooms. When we look at the physical security and safety, the components inside the facility, that's where things get a little more detailed. We, we not only look at the actual physical security, but we actually talk to the people that work there. And, and what are they worried about? What are there any sort of threats that they see on a day-to-day -day, or are there, are there any concerns that maybe are just once in a while or by season. Lastly, we, we like to spend those time with those key leaders and establish the focus groups with those employees to conduct reviews of historical documents, policies, and procedures. Yes, yeah, Stacey, this concept begins, as Joe mentioned, doing the research prior lets us know kind of what we're getting into. For instance, one of our clients that we conducted an assessment on where they were during daylight hours was incredibly safe, but it was a high tourist area and at night, what we learned was crime spiked significantly right about six o'clock in the evenings when pickpocketing picked up, unwanted attention, several other things. What this allowed us to do was make recommendations about 
when employees leave, how to engage their security team, those kinds of things. So all of that research is done prior. And then once we get on the ground, what we try to, to understand is how does the team there already deal with those environmental factors, environment being all things, crime, natural disasters, et cetera. And then we work through what are the other concerns that are harder to find and where are the gaps, if there are any, in the way they're going about safety and security. Those focus groups that Joe mentioned, we find those to be one of the most valuable things we do because we can fool ourselves and say, hey, we're going to find everything with our systems and processes. But if you work in a place every day and you come to work there, you see things that concern you. What we, Those focus groups allow those teammates to voice their concerns to us and us to put those through a process to see how much attention needs to be paid to those and then raise those to leaders as appropriate. So in that instance, we serve as a conduit to the senior leaders for also how their employees are, are working. The leader interviews that Joe mentioned, we like to interview a lot of folks. For example, we, we spend some time with HR professionals in every organization because we want to know things like, what's your turnover rate? How, do you deal with any high-risk departures? And high-risk departures to us are those employees that you may have to let go that could potentially be violent or are just dealing with a lot of stress. And, and we want to know not only how that process works, but where physically they do it on site. And in many instances, we've made recommendations to change those. And then for key leaders, we talk to the most senior leaders in the organization because we want to understand, no kidding, where they're focused and what are those things that they're worried about because often they're part of the decision makers who call us uh, and understanding that and building a relationship with them so that they understand that we work for them and we're here to help make them better. And it's not something... That's going to, any of our findings aren't going anywhere, but directly to them. So in, in those instances, it's a lot of comforting that goes on also. But it definitely works well. It is a, an incredibly comprehensive process. We stay long hours on the job. We visit sites in off hours, early in the morning, late at night. We want to see what the structure and the environment's like through all phases of the employee's day and through all aspects of the employee's journey. And that's that's part of what we get these assessments. Very cool. So when, when this is all complete, You've done work beforehand. You've been there on site for an extensive, thorough period of time. So what is it that you're delivering at the end of this? Like, what does the client get at the end? So, so at the end of the entire process, the client is going to get an executive summary of the entire threat and vulnerability assessment. That's, that's going to cover everything that we've seen and what we've done. And it's going to give formal findings in, with our recommendations, they're going to be listed by priority based off what we know and what we've learned. And that usually opens a lot of eyes once they take a look at that and they see, hey, you know, I didn't even really think about this before and all the way down to minute stuff that very simple fixes that can help help their employees day to day. And if you think about this, Stacey, we, we in essence distribute this to a couple audiences. For the safety and security team, they're going to get a really comprehensive report that ranges from 60 pages to 200 pages of not only what we learned, but also the details, photos, measurements, recommendations, et cetera. For the executive team, as Joe mentioned, we're going to give them an executive summary and an outbrief for any of those key leaders and, and those decision makers and stakeholders who are vested in it. And then the last thing we leave everyone is just our recommended areas of focus by priority based off what we can see. For example, if you've got a, an organization where you use fobs to come in and out of a building, and there's no procedure for what happens when someone loses or doesn't show up with their pass or their key, their fob, go to the window and you wave at your friends and they open the door for you. If you if you find yourself in that situation, we're going to tell folks, hey, not only what, what the gap is, but also what are the best ways to fix that? 
uh, and how to make those adjustments. But also, we're going to make recommendations to, to leaders based off some of their actions and, and some of the things we know they can fix immediately. Because some are really, many of the things we see are really just some minor behavioral changes or some adjustments. For example, in one of the places we did an assessment, they had a motion and FOB initiated unlock as you got close to an exit door. In, this, in one case, the exit door was also a place where people congregate and it was in a poorly lit area. You can see where I'm heading with this. So mm -hmm. toward the end of the day where people were congregating near this door, the door stayed unlocked. And if anyone ever got close or was near there, they could absolutely pull the door open and come into a relatively secure facility without any badging at all. So what we simply said was make it a two-part access or exit so that you hit the release safety on a green button, and then it'll unlock it with your presence. And that meant that that double locking system, if you will, kept anyone from just walking into that door as someone was near it and unlocked it just by a proximity. So those are the kinds of things we make those recommendations, but it is comprehensive. And, and of course, as with everything we do, we remain available to our clients long after the assessment is complete and just help them any way we can once we're finished. I had a question about that too. So after someone's had like an initial TVA done, do you ever recommend or have people requested that you come back after, I don't know, a certain period of time to check it all again, to make sure that certain things have been addressed, et cetera? Yeah, I'll talk to this one because it's a business decision, right? One of the things that we, we try not to do is continue to try to get work when it's not needed. So when we finish an assessment, what we tell folks is we'd recommend that you make these changes by these times. And, and then if you want us to come back, by all means, we'll come back. But one of the things we've tried to do is put those key dates on a calendar and just simply follow up to whoever's a responsible person. Hey, as a matter of fact, it's 90 days after we left, we had recommended this change be complete. Just wanted to see if, if it was progressing and if there's anything we could do for you. And that's not a charge. That's just answering any questions they may have, right? So we're mindful that the work that we do is really door to door without the tendency as we've seen in other companies where if you just sign on for one more thing, we're gonna keep working with you and keep charging you. But we do definitely follow up and we've been asked a lot to come back every two to four years, depending on the client, and just look at things again, because procedures change, teammates roll over, rehearsals and exercises may have gotten better, or they may have diminished in their effectiveness. And so that's something that we, we do get asked to do with relative consistency, but it's not something that we try to build in, because again, one of the models that we, we have here is just do the work and finish the work completely. And then should someone want you to come back, they'll call you. Okay. I like that. Okay. And so as needed, if needed, but just Certainly. making sure the things that should have gotten done, got done. Okay. Yeah. Ah, I like it. So where do these fit into an overall safety and security plan for an organization? So our TVAs are designed to complement and enhance any safety and security plan that's already in place. We work hand in hand, often directly with the security for the organization on the facility man or the facility management team. We are are there to help the people that are already there and we're not there to to take their job away or anything like that. We we want to help them in in every way possible just like Terry talked about be on call to to follow up with with our recommendations to just see where we can help. And to Joe's point, I laughed a little bit because periodically you will run into someone who's been in a job for gosh, several decades and they've never had anyone come in and help them, right? So one of the things we let everybody know is hey, we work for you. We're not in competition. We, we, we don't want your job. We are here to be part of your team and help. And once we get through that initial report building, which 
hasn't ever been too painful. Once we get through with that, it, it actually does work really well. Once that confidence is built, they have confidence in us. Every leader we've ever worked with has really helped us see things very clearly. And also, most of them have recommendations or things to consider. And we factor all of that in so that we become that, that key partner for them. Oh, that's cool. And so what across time that you've done these, what are some of the top examples of how you've seen these TVAs help organizations? I think there's a, there's a couple of examples. So one, recently I was with Terry and we were with a, a company whose HR department did not have its own private office. It was out in the middle of the actual workspace with the other employees. Terry's recommendation right away is that uh, the human resources department should have an office for themselves where employees can feel safe and be able to talk to them about any any concerns they have within the organization itself. And, and that's something they definitely took to heart. We've been able to help enhance communication to employees and what they do in various situations that we find very common, enhance to the safety teams for the organization and the equipment that they have on hand. We've had clients who have made physical adjustments to their actual brick and mortar workplaces, how to handle offboarding and safe rooms, and the resulting actions by safety and security teams They've been able to respond quickly to emergent situations that they may not have been able to do prior to our assessment. And I think that's really important. Yeah. One of, one of the things we look at with these, Stacey, is on the outside of structures, we want to understand what the camera coverage and how that camera coverage works. And in many instances, especially if buildings have been there for quite some time, we'll make recommendations to enhance cameras or cover dead space or whatever that is. In one instance, we made some recommendations, the safety team just a phenomenal safety team. They made the adjustments, increased the ability for the security personnel to see just clearer and a, and a little bit broader view uh, of the area outside the building. As the, the story goes, one day in the parking lot, uh, someone is receiving unwanted attention that would not have been caught uh, before the camera enhancements, was caught very quickly. Security responded to that just to come out and, and help the employee deal with the situation and, and really thwarted what could have become an unwanted situation getting much worse. And so when you see those types of things happen, just because of the recommendations you make, it's quite rewarding to see that. And that wouldn't have happened just with the assessment. It takes that other partnership with the client to see those things, move on those recommendations, continue to invest in security and make the world just a safer workplace. So we really like it when those recommendations are complete and teams begin to move on those quickly. But it has changed physical structure, and in many instances, it's it's changed the ability to respond to emerging situations. I like this a lot. I, I like the way you guys talk about it, too. It's such a complementary thing from the way you approach it, from the sounds of it, and have worked with companies, worked with companies. It's not like you're coming in and you're grading them and like something they need to stress and sweat over, like, oh, no, I'm going to fail or pass. But it's working with them to get stuff done. And it's an opportunity for them to really assess or address issues and get your, your third party, basically, recommendations on how to fix things. So, and your expertise and all that you bring to the table too, of the way you see things from both of you. Any favorite parts to this or anything else you wanna add before we start closing this out? Yeah, I think a little bit of humor, right? To your point of the inspection team, Often when you do your first walk around with whoever that may be, the security lead, in many instances, you have to assuage that concern of 
being inspected, right? Hey, this wasn't done. I'm sorry for that. No, no, it's okay, right? We totally understand the chaos of workplaces and the best intent. What we should be doing is helping you and, and you shouldn't have to feel like you've got to make some excuse or, or give some justification for something because we're on your team and we understand that. If it's working right, we'll begin to make, if you let us, we'll begin to make those adjustments immediately while we're there. There's nothing that precludes us from making minor adjustments or recommendations or buying signage and getting it up or any of the other things that, that go on. Um, you know, often we have a small budget built into these for just logistics. The team doesn't have a restriction. It's perfectly normal for our team to grab a step ladder and make sure that we've got the, the right safety equipment ourselves and make the adjustments and, and move out because we do want to help organizations and not just leave with a, this long list of things you got to do next, further adding strain and burden to the day. So that's why we prioritize them. That's why we make recommendations. But it is that initial walkthrough is a little awkward because folks are trying to get you to understand all the history. And, and we totally understand it. And then the last part is to the many folks that we've worked with, the clients we've worked with, I got to tell you, it, it speaks to mindset and the goodness that's out there because we have worked with just some extraordinary teams who truly are totally dedicated to make their teams safe. Safety is productivity. And I think that's something that has just been so wonderful to run into consistently where teams just embrace what you're doing and want to make it the best workplace possible. So for those folks we've worked with in the past and continue to work with, and just, just a huge shout out to them. That leads into this though. If someone's interested in having this done for their organization, home, whatever, how would they get that started? What would be the recommendation there? Absolutely. They should reach out to us, whether it be through email or through a phone call, speak to us about what's concerning you. And we will work with you to figure out the best next steps for both you and your team, whether that be family or coworkers. Yeah, and Stacy, the website has you know, has an intake form on that and how to contact us also. But one of the things that I, I'd like to point out, and I didn't do it earlier, often in some instances, folks may not need us. And we'll point to that also. In some municipalities across the United States, first responders are doing a lot in, in the space of helping businesses and workplaces be safe. And if someone says, hey, I'd like you to do all of this, we'll do our level best to reduce those costs by having them tap into what's already available. And or if that's not, if it's not practical for them based off their timeline, we'll then help them reach out to the organizations that need to do safety and courtesy inspections, those types of things. Because in one instance, we have asked for OSHA walkthroughs and safety walkthroughs, fire department to come look at the fire extinguishers and on and on. So we're all about the team effect, get it to the right place without incurring unnecessary costs for, for anyone that's worked with us. Perfect. So just tailoring it exactly to what their needs are there and just meeting them at that point. Yeah, correct, Stacey. Thank awesome. You. I like it so much. I, I appreciate this, diving into this more. I've learned a lot about this too, because this isn't usually the side of the LSDS house that I work with too. So I've heard about TVAs, but hearing these details about it is very helpful for me as well. So I hope the listeners enjoyed this. Thank you for listening. And we'll be back soon with more. In the meantime, you can always reach us via email at riskmitigation at lsds.us or on our website. And like Terry mentioned, there's a contact us form on there too, where you can type in whatever you're interested in, questions you may have, and we'll get back to you. The website is lsds.us. Joe, thank you again for joining us for your first podcast. That no, was absolutely. Fun. Thanks for having me, Stacey. I appreciate it. 
and Darnie did a good job. So I will definitely be asking you back again for more. <laughs> so <laughs> get ready for that. Terry, thank you always for being willing to hop onto these and talking about uh, Stacey, what you do you. in your experience. So we'll be back with more. Thanks again for listening, everybody. Thanks, Stacy. Thanks, Stacy. Bye-bye.